Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hello, my name is Thomas Nygren. I write for LFCSV.se, a page about Liverpool from Sweden. Hi, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan. You can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. All right, thanks guys so much for joining us today. A thing that we won't be leading off with is any Jose Mourinho news because everybody said he was going to be sacked regardless of result and then they pulled off a really surprising come-from-behind win. And so we don't know what's happening with that yet, but we'll be sure to discuss it when we do have more information. Instead, let's talk about Chelsea today who picked up another win. Um, A few weeks ago, we discussed whether or not, you know, they could be dark horse title contenders and it was kind of shrugged off by the guests on the day. Currently, at the end of proceedings here, uh, for this match week, they're currently level on points with both City and Liverpool. So now we'll just kind of pose it back to you guys again. Do you think this Chelsea team can contend for the title? Well, uh, I didn't think they would be a real threat this season. But uh, with this start, you have to consider them contenders because Sarri has changed the way they play and uh, the players have adapted very quickly. Usually it takes some time before a new coach gets the results he wants, but uh, Sarri has gotten the wins from the start, and that is very impressive. And you, you look at players like uh, Frost Barkley and uh, Luis, who I thought would be on their way out. They look like they are enjoying to get another chance at Chelsea. And uh, I think that is much uh, up to Sarri. Uh, Jorginho has settled in great. Kovacic looks like a real class act. And uh, one thing that makes it even more impressive is that Sarri signed quite late in the summer and didn't have the time to work on everything during the preseason. So I'm a, I'm a bit afraid that they will get even better during the season. And uh, he still hasn't signed many players, so maybe we'll see a few signings in January. But um, the main thing about this team is, of course, Eden Hazard. Uh, Luis Suarez almost won us the titles a few years ago. And uh, if Hazard keeps playing like, this, like he does now, Maybe he can do the same thing with, with uh, Chelsea. I think they are a striker short of being more than an outsider, but uh, they look a lot stronger than I thought when the season started. And uh, if they sign the right player in January, maybe they can be a real threat in the, when we come to the end of the season because they don't play uh, Champions League. And uh, maybe they can rest a few players in the Europa League. So... I'm a bit more afraid of Chelsea than I was uh, maybe a month ago. Um, yeah, I I would say in a no, in another year, I'd consider them title contenders. I just don't think they're as good as um, City and Liverpool because they're just ridiculous. Um, so I'd consider them very good, but I still don't think they have enough. Um, as far as Hazard, he's started fantastically, but his underlying um, numbers have been basically the same as him other seasons. He's just been finishing really well. Obviously, if he keeps that up through a whole season, then 
good for him, but that usually doesn't happen. Um, so I would expect his goals to fall off a bit. Not that he's not still probably the best player in the Premier League, but like they have been heavily relying on his goals. If they stop, then they could be in trouble, like um, Thomas said. Um, no one knows why. Or like Murata is Murata. Is Murata. Um, I love Olivier Giroud with all my heart, but he has yet to score a goal. I don't think he's scored a competitive goal um, outside of like the Nations Cup, which I'm not counting. Uh, get over it. Um, since April, I think. Uh, so that's problematic. Um, Willian and Pedro are good, but I wouldn't really think of them as big goal scorers. So, uh, and none of their midfielders I would consider goal scorers either. Um, so obvious, if Hazard can keep this up, then good for him. Uh, maybe Chelsea will compete. Even then, I'm not sure they'll win. Even then, I think it would be more maybe they'll compete. Um, but I would be surprised if they were to actually win the title. Um, I think they're really good. But Chelsea and City, I'm not Chelsea. Liverpool and City are just stupid. <laughs> yeah, Liverpool and City, obviously very good, and and the teams that people picked from the beginning. And I do agree to an extent that Giroud and Morata are probably not the strike force that'll be able to to take the title to Chelsea this season. But um, Thomas brought up something that I was very much thinking, which was if they can address striker in January, which is notoriously hard to do, um, they could legitimately be contenders because. Or, or even even well, favorites does seem hard hard to get to, but um, that midfield, which I very heavily criticized in the offseason for making no sense as to why they just kept piling on midfielders, um, getting that blend of Barkley, Jorginho, and Conte, it feels like they're starting to get there. Obviously, Kovacic being involved as well, um, that is a very very good midfield. And the scariest thing to me thus far um, is something that somebody already mentioned, which was Sari has not been there this long it's one of the reasons why early on um like week four like i just mentioned i asked if they were title contenders is because they were already playing well and picking up wins when they still clearly didn't understand the system and as they continue to grow into that i think they'll continue to get better um i do think at some point hazard will drop form a little bit and then the question is if the strike force can provide those goals as uh dan as you were pointing out the midfield doesn't seem like they'll provide a whole lot of goals um, say for that one Willian year, and I think Pedro had a year where he had like eight or nine. But uh, yeah, the question is who's going to carry that goal scoring. But um, Aritha Balaga has looked far better than I thought he would. Um, the defense is impressed. You mentioned David Luiz uh, working his way back into the side. They've looked good. The midfields looked good. Obviously, Hazard having an incredible start to the season. The big question, as everybody knows, is forward and, and where the goals will come from uh, for the rest of the season. All right, from Hazard to a player last year uh, that launched Liverpool into the title contention race, uh, Mohamed Salah uh, obviously is a fantastic player. Nobody's doubting that, but he has not really had the jump to the season that a lot of people may have thought that he would um, at current time. He scored just one goal in the last five matches, no assists in the Premier League. It's worth noting. Uh, Curious to get your guys' thoughts. Do you think he's just the opposite of Hazard, just had a, a bad stretch here at the start of the year, or do you think maybe last year was a little bit of an outlier? Well, uh, he hasn't started this season as well as he played last season, but uh, you can't expect a player to score the same amount of goals as he did uh, every season. He, it looks like he lacks a bit of self-confidence because he, he's had a few chances to, uh, close to the goal where he... He tries to get a bet. He tries to get a better angle all the time. Uh, part when uh, last season he he just shot and uh, scored. Uh, you could see that when he, when we played against 
did do today. He had a chance in the second half where he just hit the ball out in the stand instead of instead of taking his time and uh, making a better chance out of it. Uh, I think he will start scoring when we play um, not when we have a bit worse opponents when we play. I think we play Huddersfield after the internationals, and that is a game where we hopefully will see him start to score again because none of the front, none of the top three at our attack has been uh, up to their best. Firmino looks a bit tired, and Mania, he, he's not uh, in the penalty area as often as I would like him to be. So I think it's much up to the other two as well because uh, Salah is the one who's getting the most chances out of them, and uh, hopefully we will see them work together. In a better way when, uh, when when they're back after the internationals because uh, now they look a bit tired and uh, Salah a bit lacks a bit of self confidence but he is a great striker and he would start to score again but not as many goals as last season. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like Ayoko said, the opposite of Hazard. I think he's fine. He's just hit a hit a bit of a rough patch. Um, I've, I think last season he did overperform, but his normal numbers were still incredible. And this year he has. One, I'm going to double check. I'm pretty sure relatively similar numbers, and he's just not finishing as well as he did last year. Um, he should be fine. He'll hit form eventually and start finishing at like at least a normal rate, if not an above average rate at some point. Um, so I wouldn't be worried. Yeah, I mean, he was very good last year, and he's been very good th- this year. The difference is just uh, the finishing, which was uh, pretty absurd last season. Um, and I think regression was always going to come. But regardless of whether or not he does get back to those scoring numbers, the fact that he is still contributing an attack, even though he is uh, more wasteful with his chances this season, is still massively important to how Liverpool play. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a unfortunate that he's not gotten off to an incredibly hot start, but he is still um, an important part of that attack and has done so uh, thus far. I think he's still like top five in touches in the box and shots. Um, so he's still uh, according to mm-hmm. according to understat, his expected goals and expected assists per ninety are essentially the same as they were last season. Interesting, and it is worth noting that he outperformed his expected yeah, goals. Yeah, he last outperformed season. by about seven goals and two assists last season, and this yeah. season he's so far has underperformed by about three goals. Yeah, so scored, so, so so we're just thinking it, it it'll all shake out. It's just a rough patch. He'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, come the end of the season. All right. Um, we meant to have uh, Jake on to talk a little bit about that Newcastle United match, but failing that, we are left with uh, representatives of clubs who are all currently playing in Europe. Just curious to get your guys' takes on how the kind of dual campaigns of both uh, Champions League or Europa League uh, are affecting your league campaigns. Well, uh, we had we've had some very difficult fixtures in the last month, uh, both in the league and in uh, Europe, and uh, many players start to look a bit tired. The results in the league has been uh, good, but we haven't played very well since the week when we played both uh, Spurs and PSG. And I'm a bit surprised that Klopp hasn't used more players during these games. Apart from Southampton in the league and Chelsea in the league cup, we've used almost the same players. And uh, in the past two games, we've had we've hadn't had the same and energy as we usually have. We're in a good seat both in the league and Champions League, so you can't really complain on the results, but we need to get going again after the internationals because we now have four games without a win and we have only scored once in the past three games, and that was a screamer from Daniel Sturridge. So uh, there are some worrying signs uh, up front, and uh, it's also a bit worrying that Keita and Fabinho hasn't played more they signed early and uh, was around the team during the whole preseason. They should be ready now, and uh, 
we still have only seen Fabinho start once. I didn't expect to see the best of him until Christmas, but I thought that he would uh, play a bit more early on. And um, when it comes to Keita, I thought that he would impress from the start, but he hasn't. And um, he wasn't very good today either. And uh, we, we saw today that James Wheeler were injured early, and uh, that might be because of the tough schedule. And uh, if his injury is serious, it will surely affect our league play during October. But um, we played Spurs away, Chelsea away and City at home in the league during the start of Champions League when we played PSG and Napoli. And we've gotten five points out of, out of those three games. So you can't say that it is very bad. Um, yeah, our European campaign is Europa League, so um, it's not as difficult. Um, we've won both our games after uh, Europa League games. Vorskola, uh, we played at home 1-4-2, then on the Sunday, I guess we're Okay, this is saying. Well, oh, the next game we played was Newcastle. Um, Newcastle are bad. Um, they're really bad. So that game, we didn't even play that well, but we won because they didn't even they did nothing in attack, and we were met, we able we were able to score. Um, and that was pretty much it. Um, this week we played away to um, who was it? Um, FC Karabag, and um, we won pretty comfortably. I disagreed with how many of the first team players uh, Unai Emery brought um, because it's a 10-hour flight and we had a game on the on the Sunday obviously uh, I, Ozo went and missed back spasms today so and he has had a bad back I don't think flying 10 hours helped that whether that was the cause we don't know but um, so I disagreed with that bit of management but it all worked out fine we won 5-1 played I would consider probably our best performance of the season uh, which isn't saying much but it's something um so, yeah, so far it hasn't been too bad. Uh, we'll see how that goes on from the future. Yeah, interestingly for Tottenham, it's basically the inverse of last season, where last season we got off to a hot start in the Champions League and kind of struggled in the Premier League. And then this year it's uh, the opposite of that. Um, the performances have not actually been that good in the Premier League thus far, but we've actually just leveled our best Premier League start ever with 18 points through eight matches. Um, so that's a bit of a surprise, uh, kind of like uh, Dan was saying, usually the best metric of this is how you perform uh, either side of your Champions League matches, and Tottenham have won three of those four, uh, admittedly against uh, Cardiff, Huddersfield, and Brighton, <laughs> and then, uh, the loss was to Liverpool right before the Inter Milan match, but where you've really seen the impact of this busy schedule has been on squad fitness. We all knew coming into the season Tottenham were going to have to be very careful to avoid a major injury crisis considering the fact that they didn't sign any players in the summer and we're just going to have to roll into the season with everyone from last year who basically all made the semifinals of the World Cup um, and that has become a very big problem. Uh, Eriksen, Deli Ali, Vertonghen, I'm sure I'm missing some, Dembele. There's, there's a lot of injuries at, at the moment. Lamella pulled up with uh, cramps after the Barcelona match, but then he was involved at the weekend. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see how we get out of this because we're going to have to keep playing those matches. Um, and I do not think we are capable of competing heavily in both competitions this season just because of the, the quality of the squad and the depth of it. Um, we tend to have two decent players at each position. Um, which usually is enough, but for some reason it, it, our kind of secondary options tend to not click with our first team, um, and, and so that's going to be a concern. Lamella, obviously the one big exception that, that tends to put in a performance anytime, 
Uh, he's involved. Uh, just has a ridiculous like goals per appearance rate for us right now. Um, so yeah, that's uh, how European football is affecting each of us. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more club-specific questions for each of our guests. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, and we are back. We will start with Liverpool questions for our dear friend Thomas. Uh, Thomas, we talked a little bit in the pre-show about the pressing at Liverpool. It was a very... Uh, big thing that was often discussed in the media and within the fan base, the gig impressing and everything. It's been a little bit less applied at times this season, although we did see it at the start of the match today. Uh, do you think this is a long-term tactical shift or, or maybe a seasonal thing? Just curious to get your take on something that was such a staple of your year last year, not being so much of one this one. Yeah, we could see a big uh, change from last season because when we played City today, uh, we started to press in the first 15 minutes, but... Uh, after that, we almost like we played a bit more laid back and uh, want, we didn't want to press in the same way as uh, at the start of the game. And it was the same way when we played uh, Napoli in the midweek. So I'm not sure why uh, we've changed this because uh, you can see that the top three players, when we have uh, Mania, Firmino and Salah, they don't uh, create the same amount of chances as they did last season. And many of the chances that we created were from from the pre- the way we pressed. But... Uh, Perhaps it's a, it's a Klopp's way to give us a bit more of a tight defense because we've been defending a lot better this season and we have a midfield that starts a bit further down the pitch than last season. So maybe it's, uh, we have only, I think we've conceded three goals in eight games so far and uh, that is a good sign when it, come, when it comes to our defense and maybe that is because if we don't, uh, we don't uh, press in the same way as we did last season because we scored maybe four or five goals many games last season, but we also conceded two or three goals in these games. So maybe it's a bit, uh, I think it's a bit more tight team this season. It's not uh, as fun to watch as last season, but uh, we we score enough goals to win most of the games and um, we're uh, at the top of the league together with two other teams. So you can't complain with the change the club has made, but uh, Maybe we need to start pressing a bit more, especially when we play the better teams, because it was the same way against Chelsea. We didn't create as much chances as we did last season. And um, yeah, I think that we need to start using that the way we press against the best teams in the league as well, and um, to get the chance to score. Because a draw is a, it's a decent result, but if you want to win the league, you need to win the games against teams like Manchester City and Chelsea. Yeah, the other question I wanted to ask you was about Dejan Lovren, who obviously uh, took part in today's match. 
Um, it seemed like everybody had been uh, very excited about Joe Gomez coming through, much like Alexander Arnold did last year. Uh, obviously, Lovren has been a scapegoat at times at Liverpool. How do you see him fitting into the squad throughout the rest of the year? Well, um, there wasn't uh, many happy faces when we um, among supporters when we saw that Dan Lovren was starting this game. But um, I think that we will uh, need him this season. Uh, Gomez and Van Dijk can't play every game, and today we used Joe Gomez as a right at the right back, so we can uh, rest Trent Alexander-Arnold a bit. He has looked to be tired at the start of the season and was really bad against Napoli. So I guess that was the reason that uh, Joe Gomez played at the right today. And Dan Lovren is. He's a good defender, but uh, you can't really trust him. Today, you could have created two penalties for uh, Manchester City if he would have been uh, unlucky. So it was almost a bit funny that it was Van Dijk who created a penalty because he's the guy that we that we rely on so that we can have Lovren next to him who can who maybe make a few mistakes. Uh, I think that we will see Lovren come in in a few games when we need to rest Alexander Arnold or uh, Joe Gomez because he. I trust him a bit more than Matip, and he uh, is, he has done uh, many good games next to Van Dijk. So I think that he maybe we will see him start 10 to 15 games this season, and then come on as a sub if we don't get any injuries. Of course, Joe Gomez is a bit injury prone, so if he if he uh, goes out for a month or two, then uh, Dejan Lovren is a decent backup. But in the long run, I don't think we will see Dejan Lovren stay in Liverpool because. Uh, he doesn't have many supporters among the fan base, and uh, if he's not the starter, then he's at the wrong age to sit on the bench. And he did a great, good World Cup, so maybe he will have a few interesting clubs come uh, next summer. So both Matip and Lovren are uh, good backups. But uh, if Joe Gomez keeps on playing the way that he started this season, I can't see none of them start in the, in the bigger games because Van Dijk and Joe Gomez is a uh, they, they are the uh, two defenders for the future in Liverpool, and I don't think that Dejan Lovren has a way back as a starting player in the bigger games. I didn't think that he would start today, but uh, he had a decent game, especially in the second half. He was uh, it was quite good, but um, you can't really trust him because he's he's a bit too uh, aggressive in the penalty area, and there's you can, um, you're always scared to get a penalty against yourself when uh, when Dejan Lovren starts. So I think that he. Yeah, like I said, 10 or 15 games maybe, and uh, maybe in the Champions League, in the FA Cup. But uh, in the league, Joe Gomez and uh, Van Dijk will be our starting pair in the middle. Gotcha. All right, now uh, talking Arsenal with Dan. Um, if you play good strikers in their position, it turns out that they score goals. Obviously, Aubameyang really? and Lacazette. Yeah, it turns out. Um, oh. Aubameyang and Lacazette combined to score four goals for you. Uh, on the day, do you think this is kind of a breakthrough for for Emery at this point? I would love it to be. I don't know if it will be. Um, uh, you obviously, you have to wait and see more games. And like Aubameyang didn't start up top of Lacazette, so seeing that will would be nice um, to say the least. Uh, seeing that would be would give me a lot more confidence that he'll do it regularly. Um, we came out usually we play a four two three one. Today we played more of a four triple two. Um, with Mkhitaryan and Iwobi kind of like wide midfielders with um, Welbeck and Lacazette up top. And it worked pretty well. Um, Iwobi is actually someone who has been great this season. Um, I'll probably talk more about that later, but talk about that more later. But um, he played really well. Lacazette has 
in Lacazette. Um, he doesn't take that many shots, but he is a very good finisher. Um, and he's been finishing, uh, quite frankly. Uh, he's And his overall play is pretty decent as well. Um, where Aubameyang is very much a poacher, um, Lacazette is much more of an all-round player, which may be why Emery prefer, has seemed to prefer him up top. Um, whereas I'd prefer them switch if, if we're going to play one wide, but that's definitely very clearly not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if we will continue with the two up top, but I think it's something that could work, considering I've been asking... We didn't play a diamond today, but I've been asking for a diamond for pretty much since we signed Aubameyang. So, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked at the start of the season about whether or not you were concerned um, with Emery or his tactics, like we talked about, not not really implementing players in their best positions at all times. But now he's won uh, nine consecutive matches with you at Arsenal. So just curious to hear uh, what your take on his management style has been, and what do you think the upper limit of your season's expectations would be? Um, I'm not sure we've seen that much um, management. St- like I, I think Emery's thing is kind of his flexibility. Um, he doesn't. He's not like it's harder to tell what he's doing because he's not like Sari or Klopp or Guardiola, where you know they have that set style of play that they will absolutely do no matter what happens um it's really easy to end especially if chelsea's case like sorry went from you went from conte to sorry it's very clear you can see those changes emery hasn't been a massive change from um Wenger. there have been some uh, well you can kind of tell we're doing a few things different but not much it's not hugely different we're clearly a bit more we think a bit more about um defense i guess that's a really bad take but it's true we've been a bit more defensive um we actually pressed less um so that's a thing uh which was not really expected but it's a thing um we've been fine our underlying numbers are actually very not fine they're quite bad um but so yeah well yeah i'm not really not not loving that we're gonna need to play much better if we're gonna stay around the top four race i think currently we have a negative um expected goal difference um just but to not be positive and be competing for the top four is bad um so we were pretty decent today um xg didn't show up but i think this is one of those games where single game xg isn't great um but prior to today we literally had not played a good first half all season this first half was fine um the second we pulled away but it, we we really haven't been good we've won nine straight but this is the first time i've been like happy at the performance and uh, if we continue to play the same way, we will fall off. Um, so hopefully we don't. And hopefully Emery can improve the performances of the team. And then I think I'll have a, more, a better take. Because it's weird being all like, no, we're so bad despite winning nine straight. But It certainly it is. is. But, but I it guess is, what you're saying I is I feel kind bad, of... but like, we're not, uh, we haven't, we have, our performances have not been good while our results may have been good. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of reasons to think that performances will, or if performances don't improve, then results will fall off a horrible terrible no good cliff gotcha so basically the theme of this show is football tends to return to the mean um for uh tottenham the big news potentially this week is that uh things are starting to happen with the stadium the pitch was finally laid a couple of matches that were officially listed as um unknown for their location have now been listed as tottenham hotspur stadium which is the very creative name uh, for the new stadium pending sponsorship and everything like that. Um, and I just kind of wanted to mention that 
back when everybody was thinking that Tottenham fans were being conspiracy theorists for thinking that the the construction was always delayed um, and that it was never going to make its target date. Just a quick question on how it took until October for the pitch to be laid into the stadium. Like, if the issues were the electrical safety systems, did the safety systems prevent grass existing inside an open building? I'm just very, very confused by that. Um, and it has kind of been uh, nightmarish. Um, the fact that we've been able to perform as well as we have, despite the fact we've played in, I think, three home stadiums already this season, um, is not super great. Wait, that's not right, too, because it's been Wembley two. and yeah. uh, the Amex. Um, but it, it's just been a mess. The, the, this season was supposed to be so promising and exciting. We kind of expected new signings in the summer. Well, we aren't getting new signings. Well, at least we'll have the new stadium. No, wait, we don't have the stadium. Um, so it's it's kind of been blow after blow in that regard. But with recent results, the Barcelona match played well in despite losing. Um, with with kind of these stadium developments seemingly happening, they're going to put the cockerel at the top of the stand, um, the the single tier stand. It's the Dortmund esque style, as everybody keeps referring to it. Um, it seems like things are starting to turn around. If if uh, any of these players of ours can get fit over the international break, we could really start to see Tottenham push well. Uh, through the fall, which is really as far as Tottenham need to make it because they are notoriously fantastic uh, throughout that winter uh, congested fixture schedule period, um, knocking on all the things in case people heard that in the background noise. Um, but anyway, it's kind of been dark-ish, uh, things surrounding the club, but the results have gotten better and it seems like those ancillary things are improving as well. So hopefully uh, brighter days ahead. And it's worth noting, not just Tottenham, but uh I feel like it's six teams are within a win of first place right now. Yeah. Well, no, because Bournemouth would have to uh, get a win and a draw, but five. And the fact yeah. that that's the case is is pretty impressive, uh, considering how everybody thought City and Liverpool were just going to pull away with this. And then you get a result like today where City and Liverpool draw that probably benefits, uh, well, obviously benefits that mathematically, just the fact that everybody is so close. Um, but specifically for Tottenham, the fact that we're in fifth, 18 points, like I said, tied best start uh, in in the Premier League history at the club. And yeah, a win away from first place if crazy things happen. But uh, just just being up there with as much bad news as this season has started with uh, is impressive enough. And if we can capitalize on that in the coming months, that would be certainly fantastic and uplifting for a fan base that has been fairly disappointed throughout the start of this season. All right, now we will head into Player Watch. We're going to talk about league leaders, specifically in goals and assists. Uh, who are they currently at your club, and you, do you think that they'll be the ones leading the, the club in those statistics come the end of the season? Uh, at Liverpool, I think it's uh, Sadio Mane who scored uh, four goals, and uh, Roberto Firmino has two goals and two assists, who is uh, the team leaders now. But uh, in the end, I'm uh, quite sure it will be Mohamed Salah who leads our team because... Uh, He's our uh, most dangerous player going forward. He's our best goal scorer. And he, at least last season, he had a few assists as well. So at the end of the season, I think it will be Mohamed Salah, who is uh, our team leader. But uh, both Firmino and Mane are good uh, good attackers. Mane will pro- hopefully score more goals than last season. Firmino will hopefully score more goals than last season. So I think they will be a bit closer to Salah this season because uh, he won't score as many goals as he did uh, uh, at his, in his first year at Liverpool. So I think it will be a closer call between those three uh, this year. But uh, in the end, it, I would be surprised if it uh, wasn't Mohamed Salah who uh, was our team leader. If uh, we don't get 
15 penalties and James Milner score every one of them because he <laughs> will have a few assists as well. Um, maybe Daniel Sturridge is an outsider if we have a few injuries up front because he started to, to um, score goals and looks very good when he plays apart from the open goal he missed against Chelsea in the League Cup. Uh, so without any injuries, I'm quite sure that it will be Mohamed Salah with Firmino and Mane close to him. But um, if one of them gets injured and Daniel Sturridge gets a run of games, uh, he will score many goals, especially against the uh, team at the bottom of the table. So he's an outsider, but uh, my bet would be on uh, Mohamed Salah. Um, yeah, for us, um, for goals, Lacazette and Aubameyang are tied. Shocker. Um, at four. And Ramsey actually leads in assists, which is funny. Um, despite only playing... Oh, he's played 500 minutes, but it's not that low. But um, uh, for... Whoever starts as striker, I would expect to lead the team in goals by the end of the season. And if they both start, Aubameyang, because he's better. Um, but that's a, there's some ifs in there, because I we don't know. We have no idea how the team is going to line up for us the season. So, um, yeah, I'm good. it's whoever starts a striker. If they both do, I'll go with Aubameyang. For assists, I don't think... I'd, safe money is just to say Mesut Ozil, just because he's Mesut Ozil. Um, if he plays in the wing, though, maybe not. Uh, a lot of this is really all, I don't know where anyone's going to play, so I can't give a solid answer. But since I can't give a solid answer, safe money is probably on Ozil. Yeah, at Tottenham, uh, one guess on who leads them in goals in the Premier League right now. It is Michel obvious. <laughs> Near men. Um, it is currently, of course, Harry Kane with five goals. I think a couple of those are penalties already, um, which certainly won't help the weird penalty merchant shouts on Twitter randomly. Um, but he has kind of been the embodiment of those early season struggles I've mentioned where we really haven't looked that great, but we've still gotten the results. Similarly, Harry Kane has not looked fantastic, save for about three matches this year, but he's still getting results. He's still getting on the score sheet uh, as he did um against Barcelona and then the week before in that Brighton match where he scored a brace. Uh, no such luck this particular week, but it would take some particular doing for it to not be Harry Kane to lead the club in goals by the end of the season. Uh, the only person I think that could ever get close really would be, uh, well, I was going to say Ericsson, but I just remember Deli Ali had like 17 goals in that debut season. Um, but yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be able to catch up with Kane, even if he is struggling with injury or fitness or whatever. I, I think... Uh, it would be very surprising if anybody finished higher than Kane in goals at the club. And then the real question is, where will Kane finish in, in the league table come the end of the year? Will he be able to secure another golden boot? Or will somebody like Hazard be able to to sneak in and take it again this season? I say again, not because Hazard did it, because Salah did it last year. I'm not suffering from some weird form of amnesia. Um, in assists, it's always a little interesting because different places count assists differently. Obviously, fantasy assists are... Uh, can be won via uh, own goal deflections or um, penalties won. We'll stick with non-fantasy statistics here, which means that Christian Eriksen and Kieran Trippier are tied with two apiece, um, and I think that that will be the the battle this year. No combination of players have combined for more goals uh, in the last few years since Trippier and Kane, um, who who have just had a ridiculous relationship. Um Eriksen obviously creates the chances for everybody else. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be a really interesting 
uh, internal squad battle to see which of those can can end up as the assist king this season. I think it's more likely for Erickson just because he's obviously more involved in and play more often. Um, but but Trippier's success rate off of his crosses is, is very, very impressive, and he's continued that form from the World Cup. So don't count him out just yet, but pretty pretty uh, unsurprising stuff here, saying Kane will probably lead Tottenham in goals, and Erickson will probably lead them in assists. All right, here we usually uh, discuss match previews, but since we don't have any of those, we'll wrap up with uh, a kind of breakdown of our summer signings. And by our, I of course mean your, as Tottenham did not sign anyone. Uh, we'll lead in with you, Thomas, uh, regarding Liverpool, because there was a lot of excitement surrounding uh, Kaita, who you did technically sign a year ago. Um, <clears throat> and then obviously Fabinho. Uh, had a lot of hype around him as well, but neither of them have really been involved as much in these early stages. What have you made the signings thus far? Well, uh, if you look at the signings we made during the summer, it's uh, Alisson Becky who has been uh, the biggest part of the team so far, and he's, uh, of course, a big upgrade from uh, both uh, Minoli and Karius. Uh, he's, uh, he's a great goalkeeper. He's got a great, with both his feet and his... Uh, and his hands, and uh, apart from the time that he tried to, to dribble past uh, Inacho <laughs> against Leicester, he looked really comfortable at, at the back end. I think that uh, Klopp talked a bit with him after that game because uh, now we face a lot more, a lot easier game from the back end. And he will, he has uh, made us a lot better at the back end. And I'm very happy with that signing, but. Uh, then if you look at the bench today, we had uh, Fabinho, who hasn't started the league game uh, this far. He's, he played against Chelsea in the League Cup. He had a decent game, but uh, looked a bit slow and uh, had a big. He had uh, problems against the uh, Chelsea attackers. And uh, Keita was at the bench as well. He he played against Napoli in the midweek, but was injured early on. And he, his first 15 minutes against Napoli was terrible. He's, I don't. He takes a lot of chances uh, as a midfielder, and he loses the ball in the wrong areas. So he needs to be a bit smarter if he wants to play at our midfield. Because we have, when you play with three midfielders, you need to be smart. You need to be in the right areas, and you need to move the ball in the right direction, and not try to do something too hard when you have it. So both uh, Fabinho and Keita needs to be better in the in the next part of the season. I think they will. Keita is a, he's a great player, but he just needs to be comfortable playing for Liverpool. And the same with Fabinho. Um, hopefully, we'll see more of them in uh, December when uh, the, the schedule is tighter. And uh, Shakiri, he was uh, signed as a player to, to use in the games where our top, top three doesn't play. And uh, he started against Southampton, was very good. He won the game for us. And... Uh, he played uh, good against Chelsea in the League Cup. So when he plays, he's good. He works very hard. And I think he will be a great use for us in the in the next part of the season. But uh, I was hoping to see more from both Fabinho and uh, Keita because you can't pay that amount of money for a player as he did with uh, Fabinho and just have him on the bench watching for 10, 15 games. He needs to be in the starting 11 soon. And when we play Huddersfield after the break, I hope we will see him. Uh, since both um, Milner and Vinaldum start to look a bit tired, now we have Milner injured. So we need to use the players that we signed uh, during the summer if we don't want to get more injuries or lose more points. 
Um, yeah, our Saturdays have gone surprisingly well. Um, no one really, well, not no one. I did not expect, uh, many people I know did not expect all of them to work out. Um, Lick Steiner's barely played, but when he's played, he's been fine. He's only meant to give Bellerin rest anyway. Um, Bert Leno has not played that much, but he's been pretty decent. Um, he had one kind of soft goal against Forest Club, but for the most part, he's been pretty good. Um, we'll see if that continues. He hasn't played that much, but if it, he does continue to be good, that would be huge, because especially considering how long it took him to displace Czech, we were all very worried that was $20 million thrown directly down the drain, pounds even. Um, Papadopoulos is probably, Socrates, Papadopoulos, um, has been probably <laughs> our best defender this season. Um, he's been, seemed to have recaptured before him. He had two years ago as opposed to last season when he was uh, apparently not very good. Um, he's been great. Torreira has been fantastic. Um, I want him starting every game he's fit for. He's been so good at winning the ball and just keeping play moving. Um, he's very quick. Like he just, he operates very quick. Like he can passes very quickly. Everything's very one touch. Doesn't sit on the ball a lot. Um, he's been very, very good for us. Uh, then we have, uh, Gwenduzi who was the flavor of the month for August. Um, he hasn't played as much recently cause he's not as good as Torreira or Xhaka, which is fine. He's 19. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how he progresses. He's probably more of a one for the future at this point, um, which is fine. He's 19. But, um, yeah, considering many people I know and myself were expecting at least two of those to go bad, um, started pretty well. We'll see if it continues, but started pretty well. All right, that will do it for us today then. Guys, if you'd like to tell the folks where they can find you, now would be a great time. Uh, thank you for listening. My name is Thomas Nygren. You can find me on Twitter at Thomas Nygren. I also write about Liverpool for LFCSV.se. And I am a regular at the Total Liverpool podcast. Uh, we're uh, recording a new show this week, next coming weekend. And uh, we're doing a special for the game against Arsenal where we have a guest. It's um, Rami Shaban, the former Arsenal goalkeeper, who is visiting our podcast to talk about his time at Arsenal. It's in, um, it's in Swedish, but uh, if any of you out there understand Swedish or want to learn Swedish, our podcast is a good listen. And if you know how to say, or if you could tell me how to say, you guys are going to kill us in Swedish, I'll say that. Um, but um, Dan, you can catch me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits for Arsenal content and dog photos whenever we concede, which if we return to the mean will be a lot. So look out for that. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. You can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. For some reason, you can also find my articles over on ESPN.com slash fantasy, my most recent one uh, regarding the fantasy values of all of the Manchester United players. Um, so if you're interested in that, check that out. I also still do uh, some fantasy content over at Goal.com as well and on this very channel with the FPL Roundtable and also check out the Championship Roundtable while you're here if you don't mind. Uh, guys, thanks so much for joining us. It was a pleasure as always. And at home, we hope you keep listening. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.